December 16th, 2021. And if you count from the bottom of the page, it's about 15 lines up. The first word on the line is Ba'amine. The first words are Ba'amine. But very briefly, before we read this segment of the Gemara, I want to just quickly return to something we talked about yesterday. We talked about yesterday how uh, immediately prior to the execution, uh, the person who was to be executed, the Nidon, would drink. He'd drink some wine, which was mixed in with Koracha Levana. It was something which would not only intoxicate him to make him happy, it would be Mitarefet Da'ato, said the Gemara. It was in order to take his mind off of, to a little bit subdue him, so that he's not fighting for life as he's being put to death. Uh, that Gemara and that description is uh, for many the source for when we say Kiddush and someone says Savre Maranan and everybody responds Lehayim. Lehayim is a reference according to the Midrash Tanchuma as a matter of fact to this Gemara. In other words, since this was protocol, since wine could be associated with death, as someone turns to you and says Savre Maranan, which has a whole chapter on it, why someone would say that to you, but the most simple interpretation is I'm calling your attention, Maranan, I'm, I'm, I'm calling you guys to attention, Savre, pay attention to what I'm about to say, and your response would be, Lehayim, this drinking of wine should be for life, it shouldn't be for death, which it was associated with, as we saw once upon a time, you'd have wine before being put to death, but rather Lehayim, that is, according to the Midrash, according to many, the source for that interesting and cryptic minhag that Kilal Yisrael has practiced for quite some time. The uh, interesting follow-up to that is Shireh Knesset HaGidola, that's a 17th century Turkish rabbi, Bihayim ben Veniste. He, in his book, says, well, if that's the case, we should only be saying Savre Maranan in a response of Lehayim on wine. After all, the Gemara says it was wine which was given to the person to drink before being executed. If you're having whiskey or beer or anything else, in that circumstance, depending on why you're having it in such a circumstance, but irrespective of that, you shouldn't be saying lehayim, because after all, our Gemara says that it was only wine which was given to the person before being killed. Answers to Shireh Knesset HaGidola several hundred years later in Keter Shem Tob, that's Rabbi Shem Tob Gagin, an important 20th century a British uh, rabbi, in his Keter Shem Tob, he says it's true the Gemara described the way the person would drink, that it was drinking wine, but the source, the Pasuk from Mishle, if you recall, was Tenu Shechar Laoved, so the Pasuk starts with Shechar, which is beer, which is something that intoxicates, and only then mentions wine, which means to say, it's true, our Gemara describes it as having been wine which they would drink, but you need not, you need not narrow it just to wine, and as a result, he suggests and says that the minhag is to say lehayim and savre maranan, even if you're having some other sort of drink. Okay, well, all that being the case, we pick up here with the Gemara. The Gemara says, Ba'amine ravacha barhuna sheshat. And if you recall, we began this question yesterday. Here's the question. Amar ehad min ha-talmidim, if the circumstance is, as this person is being marched out to death, he's about to be executed, and one of the students who remained in the Beit Din says, I have some discrepancy which I picked up in the uh, deliberations. I have other evidence. I have a problem with one of the witnesses. Whatever the circumstance is, he says, I have a way of making this person zakai, exonerating him, making him innocent, and taking him off of death row. But after he says that, nishtatek, which literally means he becomes muted. As I said yesterday, alternatively, he passes away. Whatever the circumstance is, he made a claim that he has something to say, 
but then he's not able to say it. Mahu, what should we do in such a situation? On the one hand, he said he has a way to save this person. Maybe we have to reopen this case, bring them back, open the case again, and search far and wide for evidence, discrepancies, or whatever it could be in order to save him. Alternatively, if the person has nothing to say, because he's not able to say any longer, what are you going to return it for? It's nice that he said that, but we went through the entire court deliberations and proceedings, and we didn't have anything. We can't bring it back for that. Says the Gemara, after hearing the question, Menapeach Rav Sheshat Biyadeh. Menapeach literally means to blow, which means to say he waves the air and causes air to be blown with his hand. In other words, he is disregarding the question. Rav Sheshat is unimpressed by the question. He says, if you're talking about, if you're fearful of a circumstance where the person says, I have something to say, but then he doesn't actually have the ability to say it, so then maybe we should even be fearful that someone, someone on the other side of the world has evidence and I should never close a case because there's always the fear of maybe there is zikhut to be found, maybe we could prove his innocence, let's bring it back because maybe there is someone else. When it comes down to it, so he made a claim, but ultimately speaking, he's not able to speak, so we can't give any credence to his initial words. Says the Gemara, but wait a second, Rav Sheshat, give it a little bit more credence this case. Hatam loka amar. In the circumstance that you raised, uh, that ad absurdum case of there's someone besof haolam, loka amar. Nobody spoke up. The person on the other side of the world who you're imagining never said words. Hacha, in our circumstance, over here where Hadmin Atalmidim spoke up, ka amar, he did say something. It's true he's not able to finish his statement. It's, uh, it's true that we don't know what he meant to say afterwards. But ultimately speaking, he did say something. Don't compare it to your ad absurdum case of Ahad besof haolam. Mai, what's the halacha? Says the Gemara, perhaps we can prove it from the following. Tashema, which literally means bo ulemad, come and hear from the following source. De'amar biyoseh bar hanina, ehad min ha-talmidim if one of the students, again, who was in court, but he didn't just say in this circumstance, I have zechut. He didn't just say, I have a way to exonerate the person on death row. He rather actually spoke up and he made a bold claim with evidence, with whatever it was that he was able to speak, he made his claim. And we, as a result, brought him onto the tribunal of Sanhedrin. The Gemara Daf Mim describes that. If there was even a Hadmin Talmidim, but he has something sufficient to say, even though he's a student, even though he didn't earn his stripes yet, we'll bring him up and we'll add him to the Beitin. But the circumstance is, he was Zikah, but before reaching the final verdict in Beitin, met, he passes away. So the circumstance again is as follows. You have, let's imagine, a Beitin of 23, and he's added to it. Maybe you have 25, as well, whatever the circumstance is. But now he passes away, and we're counting up the votes, and we want to know what do we do with his vote. We know exactly his position. It was a very convincing position, but he's not here in life to state it. Ro'inot. Hang on. Ro'inot, a first finish it, and then you're right. Uh, the Gemara will say it's not a proof as well. Ro'inot, ki'ilu omed bimkomo. Says, the, says that Beraita, uh, says that statement, what you're to do in such a circumstance is you imagine as if he's alive and standing in place, which means to say you count him as part of the votes and you count him as part of the innocent votes. What's that? True. No, no, and that mem, the Gemara says, this means you add him to the betin. But they what? You're going to add to the numbers. If I add the numbers, 
you're going to add you're going to add two more and he's going to be one of them but that being the case we see in such a circumstance he's able to speak up even from the death even from the grave he's able to make his claim says the gemara however zikain lozika lo in that circumstance he made his full claim he didn't just say yeshli lelamed alav he actually articulated his vantage point, his direction for why this person is actually Zakai, why this person's innocent. As a result, says the Gemara, I can derive from that case that only and specifically when the person makes the full claim that will bring him back from the grave, so to speak, and consider his words as if they are words in the present, as opposed to in our circumstance where he didn't say anything. That's the proof the Gemara wants to bring. Says the Gemara in response, but it's not the Gemara, it's Rav Habar Ravuna, who was speaking to Rav Sheshat. He says, Peshit, excuse me, Lozika Zira, excuse me, in, in, said the Gemara, Zika in, Lozika lo. Says the Gemara, Lozika Peshitali, Amar Tiba'elecha. He says, here's the circumstance. He says, if the person was not Mizakeh, so then it's certain in such a circumstance he's not to be included. Amar, however, if the person actually said, I have Lelamed Alav Zechut, would we extend this halacha to that circumstance? In other words, it goes as follows. The Gemara brought a proof that's a step beforehand, right? It's a step beforehand. Or it's a, the, the question was a case where the person just said, Yesh Lelamed Alav Zechut. That's the question. You brought a proof from, I should say, a step later where he actually spoke up. Great. Now, where he actually spoke up, you say we resuscitate him, even though he's actually dead, and we include him as part of the tribunal in determining the death or life sentence of this person. That case, I know the halacha, says, says, uh, says Ravaha. My question was a step before him. I want to know when he didn't actually get to speak up. You can't bring me a proof from that case where he actually spoke up that he's included on the Beitin. I'm not talking about that. I just want to know when he spoke up and said, I have Lelamed Alav Zechut, he passes away. We're certainly not placing him on the tribunal. Would we open the case? It's not a sufficient proof one way or another what you brought for me and the Gemara is left with a question, it doesn't know what the halacha is. Continues the Gemara, finishing the, the statement from the Beraita, Afiluhu vechude, if you recall, the Mishnah concluded and said, even the Nidon, even the person who's being marched off to death, if he himself has, yeshli lelamed zechut, if he says, well, I just remembered, I just recalled, I have a way of tearing apart this guilty uh, judgment, we would listen to him. However, the Mishnah added, only if, yesh mamash bidvarav, only if his words are, are, are qualified, only if we listen to his words and there's something to them. If he just says those words, well, I'm actually innocent and I can prove it, it's not sufficient. Says the even the first and second time that, if you recall, the Mishnah said even four or five times, which meant even a hundred times, which meant even a thousand times, if he says, I have lelamed alatzmi zechut, even though we marched him to the gallows, we'll march him right back and reopen the case. Says the Gemara, uh, that qualification in the Mishnah, but only if, yesh mamash bidvarav, only if his words are convincing, even on the first two times, the Hatanya, the Beraita teaches differently. Says the 
It says the Gemara, we have a Beraita which seems to contradict the simple reading of our Mishnah. Simple reading of the Mishnah, again, is as follows. The person is being marched off to death. He says, I can find for myself a reason to state and to prove that I'm innocent. Says the Mishnah, only if we test you and we know that it's an actual evidence that you're going to be able to bring. But the Beraita doesn't say that. The Beraita says the first two times, in other words, this could happen four, five, ten, twenty, thirty times. First two times, irrespective of proof that he has in the initial statement. He says, no, 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 I'm actually innocent. I can prove it. We take him out. We bring him back to Beit Din. Second time, I'm innocent and I can prove it. Take him back to Beit Din. We open up the case and it's got nothing to say. We take him off. It's only third, fourth, fifth, and so forth in order to not uh, belabor the case, in order to not turn this into chukhaut luna, not to turn this into a joke. It's then that he needs to have ma'amash bit barab. There's a... There's a, a there's, it's the guy himself. We're, we're going to figure that out in a second. The Gemara is going to say two. But at this point, we're just established. And that you understand they're, they're, it's a very uh, thin and sensitive line they're trying, to, they're trying to establish over here. On the one hand, we don't want to rush into death, uh, death sentences. So as a result, even if he makes a, a far-off claim, we want to listen to him. We want to bring it back. On the other hand, we don't want to turn this case or subsequent cases into a joke. And as a result, so we'll say the first two times, we'll turn it back and maybe we'll open it up. Maybe we'll actually see something. After the first two times, listen, we're going to bring it back, but you have to bring more than just the statement that you are. Uh, no. So uh, Jeffrey wants to know who and how are we going to, to, who's going to and how are we going to determine whether yesh mamash bitvarav, which effectively is what Jared was asking earlier, says the Gemara, first and foremost, We'll get to that question in just a second. First and foremost, with regards to the contradiction, the Biraita said A and the Mishnah said B. The Mishnah seemed to tell us even the first two times um, he'd have to have Mamash Bidvarav. The Biraita says the first two times he doesn't need to have Mamash Bidvarav. Says the Gemara, no question. Amarav Papa Targumeh Mipa'am Va'elach. Uh, says that says Rav Papa, the way you read our Mishnah is our Mishnah, which says Ubilvad, and specifically if Yesh Mamash Bitvarav, that's talking about from time two, meaning after the second time, Va'elach and onward. That's why we resolved it, which is okay because you have two primary documents, one being the Mishnah, the other being the Beraita. You have no reason per se to argue that they're contradicting one another. The Mishnah is somewhat cryptic, the Beraita is a little bit more explicit. How are you going to resolve it? We'll resolve it by saying so. The Mishnah was talking talking about from the second time and onward, meaning the third, fourth, and fifth, and subsequent times. Yeah? I'm a little bit confused about one thing. The, the student that gives the example, what if there's a guy that says, uh, is he talking about a, a, a witness that has new evidence, or is he talking about a, one of the judges that has a new legal theory of why, based on the already presented evidence, he should be exonerated? Either. Either Hadmin Talmidim can make whatever claim it may be. He can claim that the witnesses were problematic. He can claim he has new evidence. He could claim that the deliberations were flawed. They didn't know the law appropriately. Any and all. Whatever it is. Which, which are all entered into the court of law. American jurisprudence. Yeah. I'm a witness and I say, obviously not American jurisprudence. I'm going to submit an affidavit. Right? Uh, and then all this, based on the staff data, we're bringing the witness to trial. And that witness dies something right. before getting to trial. That statement then is considered fact. Binding. It's unassailable. But over there, that statement was fully made. Over here, the point is he didn't make the statement. All he said was, I have something to say. That's right. 
Listen, ultimately speaking, I got saying, you. He's saying good because he's saying, what if he's saying is, I, I know there's another witness, then he dies. What's your claim in such a circumstance? So he says, I know there's something else, and then he passes away, and he's not able to bring any proof for that. Do you want to do? So yeah. what? The Gemara says, we don't know. That's, the Gemara, oh, okay. Ultimately speaking, we didn't have an answer to that. All right, anyway, says, says the Gemara, how would, we, how would we be able to determine, how would we know whether yesh mamash bidvarav, as, as a few guys have asked, does that mean the judges were accompanying all the way down to the death? We would pass over to this person who was about to be executed, a zuga, a pair of literally rabbis called scholars. In other words, instead of it just being the execution team, you'd also send two people who were quite knowledgeable. And as a result, if he makes his claim, they'd be able to listen and determine whether that claim has mamash, whether it's an effective claim which could and would reopen the case. Ika mamash bidvarav. In. In means yes in Aramaic. Ika means yesh. If there is mamash bidvarav, mamash literally means substance. If his words are substantial, in. So then we would return to the court. Ilo, lo. That's what the Gemara. Why don't we just hand over those two Tamideh Hachamim at the very beginning, meaning for the first two times as well? After all, what we just explained from the Beraita and in turn explained our Mishnah that way was that the first two times upon their procession to uh, death, he would be able to make that claim whether it was in Mamash Bidvarav or not. Why don't you just from the beginning send the two Tamideh Hachamim for the first two times as well? The only way he's going be able to return to court and reopen this case if the Mamash Bidvarav says Gemara Agav even the first two times. That's our question. Why didn't you even the first two times? Do you follow? In other words, you're right. We just stated it's only after the second time that we would but why not? The, no, it's a question more than anything. Why did we, why were we willing the first two times? That's right. So if you recall, my words earlier was this a certain sensitivity. We want to allow for this case to be reopened. The Gemara will state that in much nicer words. It says the Gemara, Agav debait lamatse amar kolmai diitle. Agav means since, agav, on the back of, since. Debait, ba'it means he's scared, he's frightened. Since this person who's on death row is being marched to the gallows is frightened, lamaseh, maseh means yachol, he's not able to, amar kol itle, he's not able to say kol he's not able to make his claim sufficient. After the second time, all right, the guy's already used to this. I've been here, done this, I've been back, I know exactly how this works. That's a great question. I don't know, you have to imagine then. It's a great point. Jesse says, what about the wine? You have to imagine then that the wine was given only as we're actually at the gallows. I don't know the answer to that question. No, he's but if he has it while he's marching, how's he ever going to make a claim? All right, onward, says the Mishnah, if they in fact found Zechut, even after they began marching him, whatever the circumstance is, we found Zechut, we were able to exonerate him, to find that he was actually innocent, even though we thought he was guilty. Patruhu, we made him patur, we let him off. Vi'imlav, yeseli sakel, if not, he goes out to be uh, stoned, we throw rocks at him. Vi'karoz yose lefanav, 
and there would be an announcement in front of him. Lehachriz means to announce, to proclaim. What would the announcement that they would proclaim in front of him be? Ish Peloni ben Peloni. Yitzhak ben Abraham, whatever it is. Peloni, of course, means John Doe, whatever his name is and his father's name. Yosel Yitzhakel. This was the statement. The statement was, this person, the son of that person, is going to be uh, executed from Sekilah. Because he transgressed X sin. And A and B are his witnesses. All of this is being announced publicly as he's being marched down to death. Any person who knows zechut, who knows a way to prove from any of the information we just gave you, or otherwise, come and teach us and tell us. In other words, we're already past in court any possibility of reopening. However, maybe if we announce it outside, maybe if we call the public attention to this, we'll still be able to provoke the memory, the minds of people who know something. Maybe uh, one of the witnesses is a problem. Uh, maybe uh, the day on which, well, we didn't mention day yet. Maybe uh, the sin is not, uh, whatever it is, by stating it all out loud, the hope is we'll be able to then return because someone will jump up and hear it and bring us back to court. Amar Well, you're marching, quite the opposite. You're marching, this is a... This is upon the march out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. This is not as you're outside. You start. This is as we're walking. That's right. And then this. That's right. Like you could really, you could really, really see this playing out. You know, it doesn't take so much of an imagination here. You know, the guy. I mean, we didn't do it this way, but the guy has got a, a sack on his head. You know, we could see it into the modern day Afghanistan or something like that. You know, you're taking him out like that. But that's not the way. Again, it's 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 in a very, at least the way the, the hachamim are describing, in a very healthy searching for life way. Amar Abaye adds, and he says there's important details the Mishnah left out, but the Mishnah implied and meant. V'sarich lememar, you need to also announce as you're marching him out, b'yom ploni, u'b'sha'ah ploni, makom ploni. You need to say it was on X day, it was on January 3rd, at uh, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, in specific place. Why are you doing all that? Dilma means maybe, ikad yesh shiyod'im, in other words, once you stated where it was and how it was and what time it was, maybe people are familiar with a detail, and they will come and they'll establish those witnesses as If you recall, we've learned it in Masechet Sanhedrin. Others have learned it in Masechet Makot. There's something, there's an entity the Torah describes and the Chachamim elaborate upon. It's called Edim Zomimim, which means you displace the witnesses. In other words, two witnesses come and they testify that uh, this person was Oved Avodah Zarah on a specific date at a specific time in a specific uh, circumstance. Now, the way that we can knock out those witnesses is with counter evidence. The way we can truly take down those witnesses is by displacing those witnesses. We say, how is it possible you were there on that day at that time? You were with us in a different place. As a result, says the Gemara, says Abaye, it was very important that they state the place, the time, and location so that witnesses could come and be mazim. They can make those initial witnesses edim zomimim. What's the difference between edeh hakasha and edeh hazama? Again, hakasha means just your dispute 
disputing the details. Hazama means you're displacing the witnesses. Edeha the only thing that will happen to them is if they're disproven, we give them lashes. If they're edim zomimin, the halakha is from the Torah, you do to them exactly as they conspire to do, which in our circumstance would mean they get stoned. Ironically, as we're searching for life for this person, we're making these announcements. If we're successful in making these announcements, we'll end up killing more people. We'll kill two witnesses. Okay, says the Gemara onward, those were the words in the Mishnah, this announcement preceded the person who was being taken to be executed. The Mishnah says in Masechet Makot, on Daf if I'm not mistaken, needs to be that they're both found to be Edim Zomimin. Says the Gemara, Lefanav, what's that? Two witnesses, no, he, he's asking if you just mezim one of them as opposed to the other one, do you put him to death? Do you punish him in that fashion? The answer is, says the Gemara, What's that? But they both have the same claim. Yeah, it's, it's right after this. They both have the same claim. Yes. I understand, but we only displaced one of them. We only displaced one of them in his case, right? But they both have the same claim. I understand. We're not going to... I understand. He and you both came and made your claim. The only one who wasn't... That's right. But the only one I know was with me on that day is you, Mars. I can't knock out the other Mars. It means we're going to knock out the testimony, but we're not going to punish him with Ka'ashe Saman. This is a separate conversation. Says the Gemara, the says the Gemara, lefanav in lo, period. The karoz was yotzeh lefanav, but me'ikara means initially, even prior to, just to understand the distinction, uh, in other words, uh, the way our Mishnah described it is, after he's determined to go to death, to be killed, and you're marching him out, that's when you should start announcing. So you got a couple of hours, a couple of minutes of, of announcement of the circumstance. Me'ikara means, even from the beginning of when we determined he's hayav mitah, you weren't making those announcements, period. That's a very strange line in the game. And I finish like that. I mean, where's the meat and potatoes? That's it? The Gemara, just, just four words over there, and we finished the conversation as if it was, something was bothering them, and they just made four, four words to state, you know, we didn't make this announcement earlier, we only made it when we were about to kill him. That's it? Well, it's for that reason that you, your eyes should therefore be raised and open to the fact that something's missing from the Gemara. So I sent it in the chat. It's in my Gemara on the right-hand side of the page. Many Gemarot now have it. Apparently the article Gemara does not. There's over here a long censored portion of the Gemara. It's one of the major portions of the Gemara that addresses the story of Yeshu HaNosri through the eyes of the hachamim, and it comes up in this context. So that's the question. The question is, is it really so that we would only make the announcement as we were about to bring him down to death? We didn't make it even earlier, in parentheses, I'm telling you, even 40 days earlier. Wait a second, and now I have it on the side of my Gemara. You should have it in your chat or somewhere else. The Hatanya. The Gemara once, in its uncensored version, you could have it in the, it's in the chat, you have it, if you open. The Hatanya, doesn't the Beraita state, Be'erif Pesach, Tila'uhu li-Yeshu HaNosri. On Erev Pesach, Yeshu HaNosri was hanged. The Hakaruz Yosei Lefanav, Arba'im Yom. But 40 days beforehand, that's not what it says here, 40 days beforehand, what do you want me to tell you? I'm just, Maybe they're writing down people. It could be. 
and there was an announcement that uh, pr- the pronouncement or the declaration rather 40 days beforehand there you see the contradiction our Gemara from the Mishnah understood that the announcement is only as you're watching him down over here with Yeshua HaNosri it was 40 days beforehand what was the Karoz what was the statement Yeshua HaNosri Yosel he's now being taken to be stoned Al Shekishef Vehesit Vehediachet Israel. What what was his sin? What was his wrongdoing? Kishef mechashefa lo techayes sorcery. Vehesit mesit umediach is a reference to a person who convinces others to do avodah zarah. That's the major claim on Yeshua Nosri. Not only sorcery, but sorcery which brought people to avodah zarah. Call me shiodeh lo zechut. The karos continued and said, anyone who knows how to bring evidence that he is innocent, yavov yelamed alav should come and teach that about him. This was 40 days beforehand. And they never found any zechut for him or sufficient zechut. Anywhere. This is out in the streets. We, you know, we live in Brooklyn. You know what you need to imagine? Before the elections, like the, uh, I don't know, the elections for like the assemblymen. You know when they go around with those cars, those loud announcements, they hurt your ears, they disturb everything? That's what this is. Yes. Apparently, nobody was able to bring sufficient evidence to exonerate him. So it says, says the Beraita onward, nobody, they couldn't find Zechut. Utla'uhu of Pesach. Says the Beraita, they ended up hanging him on the Eid of Pesach. Tela'uhu means afterwards. After you do Sekila, you then do Tilia Al'et. Well, if, he, if he's alive or regardless of his death. Afterwards, after no, you no, kill... You, you throw stones at the guy. Once he's dead, you then hang him, and you can't hang him too long. Well, that all being the case, that's the question. The question is, 40 days or the day of. Amar Ula v'tisbera says, Ula, I, I can't even accept this whole thing. The whole thing doesn't make sense. The whole story you just told me doesn't make sense from that beraita. V'tisbera is an incredulous statement. Does that make sense? Yeshua Nosri bar Was Yeshua Nosri a person for whom we should be mehapech b'zechut? A person for whom we would search for a way to find innocence? Mesitu. He was what we know, what's known as a mesit. A mesit is a person who brings others to Avodah Zarah. And the Torah tells us about a mesit to The Torah says explicitly, according to our understanding of it, no chemla, no kisui, no mercy, no searching for innocence. Mesit, we draw the line. We say, we'll look for innocence for anyone and everyone else. A person who brought others to Abu Dazara? Absolutely not. That being the case, Ulad disputes the whole veracity, the truthfulness of the Benaita in the first place. It's not possible that for Yeshua HaNosri, we had a Karuz Lefanav. You wouldn't do that for a Mesit. We don't look for innocence for a Mesit. Ela, rather, the answer to both Ula's question and the Gemara's question goes like this. Shane Yeshu, Yeshua Nosri was different. De Karob Lemalchut Hava. He was Karob Lemalchut, which literally means he was close to the monarchy. And as a result, we had to, we had to employ, well, not quite the opposite, we had to employ important question. We had to employ a certain sensitivity. We couldn't just take him and kill him because we'd get in a fight with the monarchy, with the kingdom of that time. We couldn't just um, do it the day of as we would for everyone else, this karoz. We had to do it 40 days beforehand. In other words, the answer is true. Letter of the lawyers, as our Mishnah tells us, it's on the day of bringing him down. That's when you make the karoz. 
Yeshua knows three forty days beforehand. We had to search for something because we were going to be in trouble with the monarchy if they said you didn't do your due diligence. Generally speaking, mesit no karoz at all. Over Yeshua Nosri was different. Special case because he was karov lemalchut. Asks Jesse even 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 meikara is the point. It's asked Jesse, what monarchy? That's an important question of, 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 of which uh, there is no simple answer. In other words, who was he close to that the Gemara is making this claim? Was he close to the Rome? Not so clear. We actually know Hachamim history. We know Talmudic history that he wasn't close to the Romans. It's not fully clear. It's a deliberation in the later uh, interp- uh, interpreters of the Gemara as to who he was close to. But that's the statement. It means he had some protection. What can I tell you? He had some protection over here. What's that? Who makes who uh, deliberates upon? What am I reading from? I'm reading from the censored version of the Gemara. I'm reading. This, this, excuse me, the uncensored version of the Gemara. So this was, if you look in the early manuscripts of Talmud, this is in there. Mine, it's on the side of the page, it's called Chisronot Hashas, matters that were left out of the Talmud. It's one of the commentaries in the back of the... What, why didn't it make it in? You can't figure that one out? No. Two, one, one of two reasons. One of two reasons. Either it was dangerous for us if the Christians would see it, Alternatively, the Christians said, there's no truth to that, take it out. Either way you slice it, it was not appropriate to be in. Says the Gemara onward, in this, in this censored version, very, very br- briefly, uh, you know, well, in the uncensored version, I should say, Tanur Rabbanan, we're just going to begin this because we're fin- uh, running out of time. Tanur Rabbanan Beraita, Hamisha Talmidim Hanosri. Statement of the Hachamim is not 12, but five major primary students Yeshua Hanosri had. What were their names? Matai, Nakai, Neser, Uboni, Vetoda. And so the, the, that's the name of these five individuals, and we'll continue tomorrow, but what the Gemara goes on to describe, very possibly, what the Gemara goes on to describe is how each of them was also brought to death, and how each of them tried to defend themselves. Baruch Amen, amen.